Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm your host, Andy Rowe, and as usual, I'm joined by Big Jim Hamilton and Serious Chris and Goody, last but not least. Sorry, mate. Well, it's not um, as usual, because Jim's back. Yeah, we'll find out more about that, but before we get to that, uh, and before we get to Nine Point Jim, I'd just like to thank our sponsors, Rugby Warfare. They're a rugby lifestyle clothing brand with a range of hoodies, T-shirts, shorts, jumpers, and lots more, and they've kindly offered 25% off uh, for all your Rugby Pod listeners, uh, plus a free T-shirt with your order. So just head over to rugbywarfare.com forward slash rugbypod and get into the action. I mean, that sounds really inviting. 25% off. Mate, have a look at no, your rig. Have a look at your setup today. What? what the fuck are you wearing? Yeah, what are you wearing, mate? You go away for a week. They're like diarrhea coloured of... brown trousers with boots that. Timberland boots. Do you want me to tell you what this is, Goody? With the white night socks. You Shows, know, do you want to know what this is? Timbergewers, white night socks. Do you want to know what this is? Diarrhea flavoured trousers. I mean. Well, let me hang on. This is showbiz, Goody. It's not, mate. You're in a white skin tight school shirt, some light grey trousers, and some pointy shoes that I had back in 1994. Well, these are Paul Smiths, mate. Well, but they can be Paul Smith or Paul Tits. Uh, that, it doesn't matter, those, mate. Paul Tits. <laughs> mate, those Paul Smiths are probably worth more than your. Doesn't matter. This this is showbiz. Where'd you shop, mate? Online, of course. I'm, mate, I'm around the world, mate. I ain't got time to go shopping. That looks like Little's best. I mean, that's embarrassing. G are they G? I bet they're G stars. Mate, of course they're G stars. G bangers. These are me, mate. Scrappy I w's. am in. I'm, I'm in showbiz. I do what I want and wear what I want. How was showbiz Singapore? Mate, it was class. You were seen. I was seen. Yep. Yeah, you were. Right. 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 What do you mean I was seen? A place mm. called Four Floors. Do explain. Is that why you got a sore back? What is Four Floors? Well, you know, Jim, you were there. Goody was texting me every day, have you been to Four Floors? So I popped into this place that had Four Floors and it had in the toilets, Goody was here. 2005, <laughs> 2006, 2012. And I went to the fifth floor and there was no one up there. I don't think anyone makes it up to the fifth floor. What happens up there? I don't know. There's like, what do they say? I think it's... Mr. Hamilton, why are you so small? Why are you so big? Uh, mate, Singapore was class. Do you know what I was doing there or not? Do no, I, I saw I saw a tweet about you on a, on some sort of water-propelled jet that was flying out of the Oh, ground. mate, yeah, that's the finishing scene. I'm making... We're making movies. And when I say we, I say me. I'm making a movie. Yeah. Are you actually making mate, a movie? Kind of. Basically, Rugby Pass. Good company. Great company. The biggest rugby platform country with the world company they will be soon once this documentary comes out. They're like the 20th century Fox version of, of rugby. No, no, no. They're like the Netflix of rugby. You said it every time last year. Netflix I'm, and chill. Yeah, so basically I'm like the Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio of Rugby Pass. So we're making a documentary called Rugby Explorer, going to different places around the world. Singapore was stop number one to try and find, well, not try and find, embed ourselves in the culture, the history and to see what rugby's like in different places. And I'll tell you what, mate, rugby is alive in Singapore. Rugby is alive. On every single floor, there was a team. <laughs> <laughs> How many of them? How many of each team? How many taking each room? Mate, not many. No, no, no. Not many. It was busy. But, mate, it was class. We did, did, did some really cool things. Tell me about the culture. The you, culture. I mean, you embedded yourself in the culture. Like, how do you mean? Well, like Goody just mentioned, I went to the world-famous store to floors or doors on the doors or whatever it was. Is that, is that culture in Singapore? That's what you call well, I think, culture. I think that is culture. And then what else did you do? It's like that famous guy once said it's like going to Turkey and not eating a kebab. Is you, that... you can eat a kebab everywhere, mate. Trust me, I'll do it. Yeah, but you don't you, have to go to Turkey for a kebab. You know what I mean? 
But yeah, so I did everything from, I went to the local Singapore rugby captain's house, all very small, him and his family and his friends. They must have been looking at me like, what the hell? But they had like, but basically eating traditional Singaporean food. So they had like two bowls in the middle of the, the table that was had a, a Bunsen burner underneath it that you get in your science class. <laughs> and then you've got like your food, but it's not cooked. So they're like plonked on a plate and then you have to cook it yourself in like a washing up bowl that's, that's burning. So you're like dipping in sausages and... Dogs bollocks. Yeah, basically, and Alsatian's teeth, <laughs> like in there. So much protein. So stuff like that. But I don't want to ruin it all. Mate, it was class. That's, that's all I'm saying is Rugby Explorer, Jim Hamilton on tour. It was good. Where's next? Matt, do, do you know where's next? Mm. Matt, are we going to Lebanon? Are we going to Beirut? The country... What? So yeah. They play know, rugby Jim, there. Jim, Jim's gone. We're actually going to audition for someone else to come and join us on the podcast because you go there, mate, you die. Mate, not necessarily. I, I'm going to prove it wrong, mate. It's a war zone. <laughs> Who sang that? Zayn Malik. Um, it's a country that splits Turkey and Syria. Yeah. Can you so imagine me around right there? It's, yeah, it's been nice knowing you, pal. Yeah, but yeah. Caught in the middle of that. Caught in the middle. Caught in the middle. But yeah, it was class. So Rugby Explorer, we think it's going to be called that. We don't know for sure. You know you're the only one that thinks you're in showbiz here. I don't think I know. What do you mean? I think. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. But talking about Sirius Chris, he's definitely a 10 out of 10. Yeah. We had Danny Kerr on the show last week. Good yeah. good co-host, wasn't he? Very good. Very really good. good. I, I, I didn't watch it. Didn't hear it. Well, you can't watch it, mate. You listen to it. Well, it's all on video now. We've got like, five cameras in the room. <laughs> oh, is that because... Is that, <laughs> no, yeah, that's because I'm back. <laughs> no, they were here last week. Oh, well, they're here, right. Yeah, that's for Danny. We talked about you a bit, didn't we? Yeah, we found out why you're, you call yourself a 9 out of 10, and it's, it's because you give away uh, nine points a game, and they called you nine-point gym. Nine-point gym. You're good for nine, nine point points gym. for the opposition well, who, every who game. Who called me that? Everyone. Every team you played against. Of course, of course, of course against or yeah, for? Against. against. Well, Danny Kerr's like, he's a shithouse. You know, he was... Joke. Didn't even know his joke. name to start off with. Then they, oh, that's the fellow that just gives all those penalties away. So we ended up calling him Nine Point Jim. Mate, we call, we guaranteed call it, Nine Points. We had to show him a photo of you to, to remember who you were. He knows who I am. I was at a wedding with him the other week. His missus was from Cov. Same street as me growing up. Covskin. Yeah, not Coventry Ames. So she's a Covskin. So he knows he knows who I am. Like I'm like the king of Cov. So <laughs> it's one of them. <laughs> of course he knows who I am. But also, when he we used to play, he, whenever he picked the ball up, he might not have always had the ball. I used to blitz him from behind. I used to absolutely bury him. So he knows who I am. So he called me what? Nine point Jim? Yeah. Yeah. And what about his mate Marleybone? What's his name? Marleybone? Ma- Marla. Oh, Marla. Joe Marla. Yeah, he, he he thinks you're an absolute mug, I think. So he, what did he say? So Joe Marla said, or Danny Kerr said, Joe Marla thinks I'm a tall. Mm. Mm. This is coming from a guy who's got a Mohican at 30 years old and he's got Japanese tattoos. And you are a tool. I don't care what he looks like. You are a tool, aren't you? Maybe, hang on. You've got a little tool. Yeah, well, well yeah, I've got a little tool. That, that's fine. <laughs> but it's definitely bigger than his. I've seen it. He's calling me a tool. He's got a Mohican, mate. He's 30 years old. You had a skullet at 30 years old. I did. But you couldn't help it. He can help that. He's got a mullet. <laughs> he, can, he can help that. Our first show is uh, this Thursday. Um, it's already sold out. Live show? Yeah, first live show. Eventbrite.co.uk if you want to get tickets to our second show, uh, which is on at O'Neill's in uh, Soho on the 25th of October. But in a couple of days, we are uh, going live again for the first time this season uh, in Fulham. You guys excited? I might not come. <coughs> Why not? Because <laughs> it's showbiz, mate. That's what you do. Don't you? you just don't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Rock up when you want. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on stage again, Andy. Oh yeah, yeah. We it was your it was the moment that you came to life on the within the podcast last year, wasn't it? I think we should try and get a reenactment. 
almost got fired the next day. When I, when New I Zealand that. against Australia, knacking pints for fun. And eventually you won, didn't you? Yeah, eventually I won. But Is that the best day of your life? It was, it was right up there. Crowd surfing? Yeah, crowd surfing. Like this, like literally, this podcast has made you, hasn't it? This is this has defined your life. Well, so it depends it, which way you look at it, because some people would say that I've made the podcast as well. So those people okay. being you wow. and who else? Uh, the cat, or, or my, the cat, the cat, <laughs> the cat in New Zealand. <laughs> my, my twenty new followers on Twitter. <laughs> um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. It's a it's a smaller sort of crowd this time. Intimate, they say. Intimate, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple hundred people. Which is you know we're used to the thousands, but you know a couple hundred will be good at the Darrell Arms, which is a big uh, rugby venue. Have you watched rugby there before? No, I haven't actually. I've looked forward to it. Either way, the Durrell. the Darrell Arms, yeah, it's in Fulham. How would I watch rugby in Fulham when I live nowhere near that place? Well, it's just an iconic place to watch rugby. All right, we'll see you there then. We'll see you there. Yeah, so you guys excited about the live show? Bring your drinking boots. That's what I'm going to say. Are you going to have a few beers? I can't. You? I can't, mate. It's it's a weeknight, and I've got work the next day, and I'm already mm. on thin ice. Uh, basically, uh, Jim and I will dictate how much you drink. If we want you to drink, you will drink. But drink. we do. We do promote responsible drinking we on do. this show. We do. We but do. Drink your drink. Your, drink your drink. Drink your what? Drink, drink your what? Drink your bits. Bring your drinking boots, son. That's what I'm saying. Are you guys going to bring your it's drinking get boots? Loose. I will. I've been working 15 hour days, showbiz in Singapore, so I'm lost a little bit. I'm serious. I saw Goody earlier today as we were walking here, and I was like, "By God, he looks good." Have you put on, looks, you put on more weight? It's been a week. It's been a week. You are bursting out of that shirt, like literally. You are bursting out. I think it's all right to be honest. Last week, well, he was wearing it. like a blue top, and someone uh, tweeted uh, a gif of Violet off Willy Wonka. Did they? Yeah, you just burst. You were bursting out of it. Mm. Situation. Good times. Yeah. Hey, there's going to be more twins are on the way for both of us. Tumbleweed everywhere. Carry on. Twins are on the way for both yeah, of us. Four weeks. Four weeks. Got Dude, to how weird is that? How weird is that? Like, you've got two two Joe Average blokes who've done, how would you say, amazing things in life that end up to this point and have twins at the same time. I mean, isn't life just <laughs> amazing? Well, you were away for a bit and I had to go and do a job, didn't I? So, you know. Okay. We'll see if they come out. If they come out fat and bold, which <laughs> they, they could do, they might. They might. come out looking like that, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of uh, tweet roulette, we're going to do text roulette this week. <sighs> of course we are. Um, so the winner no. who gets this correct... Um, why, why do we even play this game? ...gets to get the other guy's phone and text whoever they want. All right. WhatsApp or text? I mean, WhatsApp's the new age. Either. Um, what was the score in the All Blacks-South Africa game? Goody. 57-0 to the All Blacks. Hand your phone over, Jim. Mate, this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> Mate, if you would I commentated on the game, I should know it. If you would have said how many Oscars as an actor won, I would have told you straight away. Show but you're asking right. me about rugby when you know I've not been here. Like I knew that they won and they hammered them, but I didn't know the exact score. You've got no excuse for that. I wasn't in New Zealand and I watched the game, so you were in Singapore. Who shall we text? Alright, well there's my phone. That, that, that's your choice, isn't it? He's got hold on, he's got thirty two unread texts. What's that about? How, do you, how do you even deal with life with 32 texts? Well, mate, why do you think <laughs> I'm off? Why do you think? So basically, my PA's off today. <laughs> so she'll normally go through all the messages, all the emails that need going through, and then like revert back to anything that's important. Is there anyone we shouldn't text? Is there... Mate, you can text anyone. I'm at the point now where I could fire anyone. Like, I could be like, <laughs> what's the problem? Let's go through. Go on, then you go through that. Let's look at rumours while we wait. Jim, have you got any rumours for me? Rumours? 
Mate, you're asking the wrong person. I heard Patrick Lambie. Well, it's been confirmed, actually. Patrick Lambie's released from the Sharks, and he's signed a four-year deal with Racing 92. He has. Taught him everything not to do about playing 10. Played with him at the Sharks. Um, he any good, Goody? Yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. good. He's small, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but he punches above his weight. He's um, he's quite quiet, actually. Really nice kid. One of the nicest, I reckon, one of the nicest guys I've ever played rugby with. In terms of... That's what John Smith said. He said, if there's one guy that you'd want to take your younger sister out for oh, dinner... Oh, jeez, yeah, definitely. Patrick Lambie. If what? If there's someone that you'd want to si- take... If you've got a sister... Yeah. And you could pick any guy to be taking your sister out on a date properly... Get married, whatever you'd pick him. I'd pick you. You wouldn't, mate. Yeah, I would. I've Honestly, seen. I, mate, mate. I've seen you. I've seen your piece. Honestly, I'd mate. pick you. Is that Honestly, what you're saying about Lambo? The whole world's seen yours. Should we get it out again? No, I don't. No, no, I could tweet. Oh, no, I could text it. No, no, don't, you don't need to text it. That's fine. <laughs> Go to any more rumours? I've got none. Uh, I've got a couple actually. Willie Larue back to yeah, South Africa. Chat with him. Hey, he's not done that well, has he? From my limited knowledge of playing 15 and watching 15s, from what I gather, he, he's not. He's not been at the level good. I mean, I, I'm not saying that in terms of not a good player. I'm I, in terms of salary, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Isn't the, it? You, a lot of people think Willie Larue. Think back to the quarterfinal of the Champions Cup last year when he dropped it over the line against Leinster. And when you're paying top top dollar, how much? Six hundred. Six hundred grand a year. Yeah. Six hundred grand a year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh man, alive. I mean, it's a good job that. Showbiz plays well because I'd have to go back to rugby. If that's the kind of money that people are paying. I'm gutted you haven't got Vern Cotter's number on here. No. Damn you. No, I deleted him. Carry on. Any more? Good, you've got the rumours, mate. You're the rugby norse. Yeah, I am a bit of rugby norse. Um, Marcel van der Merwe. Oh, yeah? Do you know him? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on. You said, oh, yeah. Van der Merwe. Yeah. Where's he play? What position? Um, good question. Yeah, right, most go. of the van der Merwe's are at second rows. He's a tight head prop at yeah, Toulon. Yeah. South African tight prop at Toulon. Signing for Wasps next year. There's a rumour. Apart from that, there's not a lot. Steve Cut, this is an interesting one actually. So Ed Slater, I need to do the text for that. Ed Slater gets shifted from Leicester in the Johnny May, Johnny May swap deal at the start of the season, didn't they? Just in pre season. Now, Ed, Ed Slater has been at Leicester for, he's probably been at Leicester seven, eight years, Jim, do you reckon? Yeah. Second row, good player, salt of the earth guy, moves to Gloucester. Leicester all unwanted. Of a sudden, moves to Gloucester unwanted. unwanted yeah. As in, like, he didn't want to go. Mm. But also, you know, obviously Leicester clearly didn't want him either, did they? I don't know why. And I, I think he's a great player. Um, you know, he's the sort of guy that, he's not going to set the world alight, but every week you get an 8 out of 10 performance. From he's him. a Leicester player. Tough as old boots. Yeah. Anyway, he gets shipped out to Gloucester. <clears throat> Leicester at the weekend had Harry Wells, young the kid. Young lad, yeah. Maxi Moo, another young kid. Maxi Moo. Maxi Moo. Maxi Moo. Maxi Boobs. Maxi Boobs. Uh, playing second row. Two young kids. They're now out in the market, Leicester, to sign another second row. And they're trying to get uh, Steve Cummins over from the Rebels on a three month deal. Oh, gosh. Um, and I just find it bizarre. You let a second row go, and then you're in the market for another one uh, on a three month deal when you've got someone as good as Ed Slater, Salt the Earth Guide, proper Leicester, proper Leicester mute, as we used to call them. So, interestingly, He's coming over for a three-month deal, apparently. Got a couple of injuries there. But yeah, not ma- not masses of rumours about this week. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. We're in week three, going into week four. Hmm. There's not going to be many rumours, is there? Let's look at some of the news uh, from this um, last week. Joe Marler has uh, joined a few other players in disagreeing with the extension of the season in a strike, as, as it's been talked about. 
I'd love to have a little bit of banter around this, but I can't. I think it's ludicrous. Extending the season. Of course. Yeah. I don't know how you can extend it anymore. It's ridiculous. Like, seriously. I mean, I've no, I've only been retired six months, so I was hanging on at the at the end of my career, but to add more games is just absolutely ridiculous. Who's making them decisions? Seriously, like, so anyone that's played the modern game, in fact, anyone who's, well, the game before, are not making them decisions. It's just ridiculous. And this is where, right, so we've got, like, a, a rugby players, a union, an association, the RPA. This is where they make their money. This is where they hold their value for the players because you cannot expect players to play any more games and now the international guys so the England guys especially are in like the EPS so they're in an elite group in terms of they will be managed properly maybe not fully to the, to the level that I still think that still think they can I think there's doubly too many games I think we play double the amount of games you should that's what I think for the optimum level of a rugby player and safety but saying that a lot of these England guys are now looked after they're managed they get time off if you're a week in, week out kind of guy, Jim Hamilton. If you're a week in, week out kind of <laughs> two, guy, mate, you're two, playing mate, four minutes mate, every four, week. Yeah. Four is it that many? Uh, two minutes every week, mate. You're getting flogged. You are getting flogged. Where is the player management? Seriously, like I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not surprised that I say Joe Marler's high profile is not. Billy Vanapola, these guys. Have you got any other names there, Andy Rowe? No, that's it. I've got okay, well, there's a few that are, I'm not surprised. They cannot expect <clears throat> players to carry on. What is it for? For money? For TV? Well, it's got to be for money, isn't it? I've no that, idea. And that, you saw a similar thing with Sanza extending the competition, making it Super 18. Got so convoluted, and now now they've gone back and chopped teams to make the season shorter. Yeah. And I mean, I completely agree, with Jim. The way the game's gone, and I was chatting to um, a guy that's a sports scientist the other day, and obviously, we're I'm 18 months out of the game, you're six months out of the game, and I watch a game now, and I generally look at it and go, I don't reckon. If, the, if that was the level being played two years ago, I'd be able to cope with it. And ultimately, you probably can in a way because you've done it. But I chatted to this guy that's involved with sports science and I said, mate, what's the difference between the game now and five years ago in terms of the players' strength, fitness, size, all that stuff? He said, in reality, the top guys are still, you know, people aren't lifting masses more weights. They're not ridiculously fitter. He said, but the, the guys at the bottom, so the fat kids like myself, the slow ones, they're now at a level way higher than so the average has been lifted so you haven't all of a sudden you haven't got props with fucking bellies hanging out mm. or fly offs with bellies hanging out you've got athletes everywhere that can go time off time with time top level guys the strongest guys in the squad the fittest guys they're still at those levels they're not going through the roof in terms of being extra fit but everyone from the bottom up all the weak links have just got way better and he said that makes for bigger collisions across the park as opposed to guys trying to find weak shoulders and stuff like that to run at and you know, it's you cannot play. I agree. I don't agree with Billy Villapola in, in what he said about we'll go and strike because it, it's a bit. But that's what I mean. It isn't, isn't down. It's a bit much. Yeah, it's a bit much. Is he going to go and strike yeah, and lose salary? Maybe. I don't know. Billy's one of them characters, isn't he? But I mean, on a whole, but that's where you talk about player welfare. Yeah. This is where it needs to stand up. Yeah. Like, surely it should just be Kybosh saying, no, there's no chance whatsoever that the season can be extended. It can't be. No. But it's all about again. It's all about revenues and TV rights and. So if you could change it, Goody, hmm. what would you do? I'd sack off the LV Cup yeah. or the Anglo Welsh. Um, you make the Premiership. You don't play Premiership games when England play. So you just you have 
Premiership games and Champions Cup, and that's yeah. it for your club. And then obviously, like like the Premier League and football, you have international windows where there's no Premier League football when there's international rugby going on. Agreed. Um, I would I, I would reduces even... games a certain yeah, yeah. amount, but also because squad sizes are going to have to keep going bigger and bigger. If you do reduce the amount of games, you're reducing the amount of money that the competition is going to be able to bring in. Like, how do you balance that? That's how do you bring in the money? Yeah, but that, that isn't our problem, is it? But that's, 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 that's the problem they're thinking about. So they're, they're you, looking for the solutions. Do you know that or not? No, well, it's, it's, what, it's, it's a commercial game, isn't it? Well, that for me is player welfare outweighs money. We, you know, you've seen that in NFL, you know, where it was all about getting the player out on the pitch regardless of what state they were in. Everyone's talking about concussions and stuff, which is relevant, but there's got to be, you know, there's got to be some kind of management. We were chatting about this as well, like guys who finished playing rugby and what their bodies are like two, three, four, five years down the line. And it's actually quite ridiculous in terms of the state that some of the lads are in. Uh, so with James Forrester in Singapore, he's like, within the next few years, I'm going to need to have a knee completely redone. He said, I can barely walk some mornings. He retired at what? 28? 28, yeah. 28 years old and his knee's in that state. Um, Will Skinner, again, was in Singapore chatting to him. So, you know, we were were just chatting about how's life after rugby. Mate, these boys' bodies are fucked. But they are. Mm. So I just don't know. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I'd quite happily stand up to whoever is talking about this or the buffies in their suits drinking a pint of Guinness, talking about back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s. Different ball game, isn't it? It's just different. You cannot expect that. And I hope that the coaches and influencers, guys like Mark McCall, you know... Damien Hopley at the RPA. Damien Hopley at the RPA, Eddie Jones, people who are influencers in the game, stand up and say it's not good enough. If you want, if you want the top-end product, so international rugby, premiership, Champions Cup, to be quality week in, week out, you diminish the amount of games you're playing by getting rid of the Anglo Welsh Cup. That gives players more rest, focuses more on training, which I obviously used to hate. But your end result is you get better quality games. Players are fitter, fresher, faster, you know, and they can recover quicker as well. So you're not going week on week on week. Thirty two games, thirty six games a year. It's criminal. It's ridiculous. They got to a stage where, again, we were joking about it last year. I played thirteen games in a row. 30. Four, four minutes each week. <laughs> Nine points each game. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's two points a, of, a minute, mate. That's a lot 13, of points. 13 games in a row. Ten of them I played 80 minutes. It was something like that. Like it could have been eight. but Eight, I, eight minutes. But, eight. It was a point, but this is the thing. So you talk about player welfare, probably going to a little bit more now, is the fact that like that's too much for anyone. Like, it's okay, our Jim's at the end of his career. You know, We don't need to think about... Him being 24, 25. Flogged a dead him. horse. Mate, you're literally, you're like dra- dragging a de- dead horse around a rugby pitch. You may as well have done that. You no, may as well have said, were. Billy and Mako, <laughs> drag this horse around the pitch, mate. <laughs> Tell the Burns that. So you're saying you had no impact at all, you were. I just said, mate, I just said, I got to a point where I was like, this is not normal. This, 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 this has got to a stage now where, you see, Braveheart, you know, the, the crowd the are screaming mercy. The Scottish yeah. coming out on him. Yeah, you know, when the, you know, the, everyone there is getting like whipped and stretched. Mercy. Mercy. We're going to, we're going to. He's bored of your story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are. Right. Wrap it up, mate. Now, I'm going to stop you there, Jim, uh, before you go into any more detail about your impact uh, on the field. Got a former teammate of yours, England and uh, British and Irish Lions hooker, Jamie George, is on the phone. Jamie, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Yay. Not too bad. Thank you very much for coming on the show. 
Maybe time. We were just talking about um, Jim Hamilton's impact at, at Saracens and the, the amount of points that he scored. More often, probably for the opposition, as nine point Jim. Uh, would that? Would you? Would you go along with that, or how would you access his impact? <laughs> he's had a good impact. Um, Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, his try scoring record. Do you score, Jim? I, yeah, I scored. Well, I scored one and set up twelve. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Balls don't count, mate. Mate, in three years, that shit stats. Why? Set up twelve tries in three years. Well, like Jamie said, the more, mate, more to the cowsheds and back. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I'll take over from here. Showbiz now, mate. Um, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How you doing? How was Philly, Philadelphia? Philly was very good, thanks. W- which part? Because I watched the game. The game looked very hot and sweaty. The game was horrific, actually, to be honest. But was that was that uh, to do with the heat and stuff, or was it yeah, just mate, a... the ball, Honestly, the ball. I've never played in a game like it. The ball was just so. It was as if we, it was like pouring rain. The lads were just like dripping with sweat. How, how was your sweat? You're obviously a, a, a rotund um, guy. Yeah, no, I'm a relatively sweaty man, Jim, as you well know. So um, <laughs> couldn't catch a cold, but you know, <laughs> it must have been also hard in that heat for a man known as uh, the human ice cream as well. Yeah, well, I don't know where the, like that's that's. I don't think that's actually true. Well, it is, mate. Take your shirt off, have a look in the mirror. You know what I'm <laughs> jinx, we're just uh, jinx. Um, but Philly was good. So the game was sweaty and hot. I saw pictures of the boys on the bus after, absolutely dying. Did they go out after? Yeah, it was big, mate. Big night out. Um, but you know, when in Rome, you just got to just got to embrace it. You know, mate. Exactly. You talk us through the night out. Then where? What happened? What went down? Uh, well, we had we had like a bit of a function afterwards, which is, as you well know, it's always uh, not exactly the best thing to do. And then, um, but sort of just got stuck into the beers, but because it was a five o'clock kickoff, it was quite a late one. So, just sort of headed out to a sports bar, watched the Golovkin fight, and then off we went. Mate, good good stuff. Uh, Jinx, I was going to ask you as well. How are the are the second rows settled in, or are you missing me? <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I miss you every day, mate. Mate, thank th- I miss you too. There's no sappuccinos anymore, is there? Mate, there's plenty. Mako's still there, so there's plenty of sappuccinos. Yeah, Mako, he, he looks so moody at the minute. What's wrong with him? Is he missing me in the, in the graveyard changing room? The mi- at the minute. Yeah, the room the room of gloom, they, they do miss you. They they actually went for a uh, changing room dinner, like the room of gloom. Just surprised you didn't get the invite, actually. Well, I, I can't believe it. What's the room of gloom? Uh, you answer this, Jim. You know it better than I do. Yeah, but you've been there a long time, so I kind of got invited into the room of gloom. You, you, can, you can explain it, Jinx. Well, basically, it's just there's like five different change rooms at the club, and there was one particular change room that was full of just very negative people, Mako being one, Kelly Brown, and then Jim just you know fell right into place. You almost captain all this all, actually. <laughs> fitted in, eh, Jim? Mate, fitted in. Yes, I did. Jinx, we were just chatting, a bit of a r- r- rugby um, banter. <laughs> So the season's looking at being extended. Have you heard this? You heard this? I haven't heard anything like that, but... Would, so if it was to be extended, so you haven't heard about it, if it was to be extended, how would you feel about that? Uh, in what way is it extended? I, I, don't, I don't mean as in there's more England games and you get 25 grand extra 25 a game. 25 bags <laughs> a game. I mean, if the, so if you had to play more... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm due for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the opposite of Billy then. Billy said he's going on strike. Oh, no. Uh, it's a long season as it is. I think to prolong it would be would be wrong, to be honest. But for twenty five bags a week, you'll do it, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Kids and that. Yeah. But what? Yeah, um, got a future to plan for, you know. Exactly, but Jinx, the game has changed, hasn't it? Without being too much of a noise over the last couple of years, 
is it really sustainable to say add on even an extra five, ten games a year? Uh, well, no, I, I don't think that, that we really can do that, to be honest, because the way that I felt at the end of last season in particular, having played a bit more than I had done the, the, well throughout my career, really, you know, I, I get managed pretty well at Saris, and even then I was still in bits, really, towards the end of the season. To then prolong that, you've got international games on top of it, it becomes a, a very long season, especially for the international guys. And obviously off the back of the Lions tour, you had an exceptional tour, didn't you, in the end? Um, How much did you make on that, Jinx? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to answer that. I know, it was 100 grand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us, some, so you, got some, you must have some good tour stories uh, from the, the Lions trip. I know the DVD's coming out, but off the, the yeah, back I'm a bit of... worried about that. Bit, a bit worried about that DVD. Why it tops off and stuff? It was not nice, or well, just yeah, the rig out. You know, the rigs. You know, just any change of room picks are going to be. Well, Jinx, don't worry about uh, that, mate. I, Jinx, I'm in showbiz now, and they've got this thing. It's called grading. So yeah. apparently, like, if you like, look a little bit, kind of, how do you say, like, marshmallowy or like rice puddingy, like that kind of look. They've got this grading thing that they put on. Like, I've got pool shots. I'm in the beach at the sea, doing my thing, and they're like going to grade it to like 15 or something. So you'll be sweet. If they've done it properly. Uh, yeah, well, let's hope so, mate, because if not, then it could be tears for me. Are they gone there? It's a favourite tour story. Good, you put them on the spot here. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. Um, was it a good crack, Jinx? Was it like... It was brilliant, mate. It like, was. Unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable. Best, like, best experience of my life. Um, we had, we had so, like, so many good stories. Obviously, it was three days, so we only flew on the Tuesday night. And obviously, the game finished Saturday night, so it was basically just three days of hell. The Monday we we were at that Wahiki Island, little wine tasting slash. Oh, it always gets messy out there. Yeah. Just yeah, out of Auckland, an island just out of Auckland, half an hour in the ferry yeah. ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. That was a big day, I have to say. So, yeah, there's always stories, but there was nothing, nothing major to report. And obviously, off the back of uh, yesterday's game between Wasps and Quinns, we saw a bit of a set to between Marla and and my old mate Haskell. Uh, yeah. They were both dirt trackers in that midweek team. Anything, there's got to be something from the tour that's sparked that, hasn't there? Oh, like Hask just, you know, Hask's Hask and he, and Marla's an interesting character as well. So, you know, it, oh, it was just like one of those things, wasn't it? it did, I don't think that stemmed from anything. It just, you know. Oh, come on, we want, mate, we want gossip. We want some juice on this, mate. Want gossip, but I haven't got anything for you. Like, it was just, they're both like pretty angry men generally, aren't they? Like, yeah, I mate, can't really believe what Hass did. Like, <laughs> what, like, like, like strangled like, him out. Yeah, but like, what's the hand on the back of his neck going to do? I didn't really understand. Mate, that, that's like, mate, you, hey, you're talking to a man here that's like, I could kill people with my hands. That yeah, is or, like or extra pressure. Or your tits, Jim. Jinx, Jinx. Jim. Marley Bone, right, has been on here last week, apparently, via Danny Care and said that I'm a tall. If me and him went into a ring, who would your money be? If you had to put your Lions and England money on someone to win, it's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. Sorry, on, on, on you versus Marley? Yeah, me, and, me versus Marley Bone. Wait, wait, on, in a boxing match? Well, what? mate, in the street, it could be anywhere. <laughs> I, th- I think you'd be all right in the street, mate. All right, but what if they took it to a ring, or what would you think? No, I th- yeah, I'll back you, mate. Well, cheers. Uh, what, Sponge boy, Fist? Jim. Sponge Fist Hamilton. Yeah. Wait, Jim, Jim, you don't want to mess with Jim. He's, a, you know, the nice persona on the outside when it gets down to it. Jinx, I think you look lean at the minute, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a big, there's a big Saracen's love in here, isn't there? <laughs> um, Jinx, another question because, mate, because I can do that. I'm running the show here at the minute. Um, so, last year, we won Europe. 
Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Um, Less of the way, Jim. The boys play well. So he won Europe, won Europe, um, lost yeah. in the uh, lost in the semis against Exeter. So yeah. for the fans out there, how does the coach reignite the motivation to go and do the treble this year? I know the answer, but I want um, you to tell yeah. us. Yeah, well, there's a lot sort of going back to the very beginning. Obviously, I think you hear a lot about Sarri's, the values of the club and all the rest of it, but... A lot of times at most clubs, I think everyone has a set of values that they try and sort of plan out at the beginning of the season. We've had the same values for eight years now and we actually live and breathe it. And the way that we do it is through David Jones, who's our head of sort of personal development slash psychologist guy, does a lot of work on us and about social capital and what the values of the club actually mean. And, you know, we split up into groups and talk about it a lot. And that was sort of us at the start of the season, making sure that, we know exactly what we are about as a club, but then also then making sure that we progress on the field. You know, you've got the experience of the guys coming back from the Lions or a lot of experience elsewhere as well, always trying to develop and, and make sure that we get better because we need to get better really looking at the standard of what's around at the minute. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the Rugby Pod podcast um, and best of luck for the rest of the season. I really appreciate thanks. your time, mate. No worries. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Jinks. Yeah, Jim, lads. Just going back to okay. that, what does that even mean? You're talking about what does it mean to play for Saracens? No. People, people out there will be listening and will go, what does that actually mean? What do they talk about? What values are they on about? Because from the naked eye, from a fan that doesn't know the intricacies of rugby, people look at Saracens and go, they spend the most money, they've got the best squad, they win the Champions Cup. Jim, you've been there. And they talk about the values and the brotherhood and all that stuff. Is it all what it's cracked up to be? Or? Uh, yes and no. Culture, which is a, a word, a name, a phrase, banded about in, in, in everywhere, in, in sport, in life, and in rugby, what we're talking about. So culture, right? So what is culture? So initially, okay, you have to manufacture a culture, don't you? So it's like, you know, what, what's your culture at home? You're not allowed to swear. You know, you've got to sit at the table and eat dinner. You've got to do these things. That is an embedded culture in your in your house. So at Sarri's, so seven eight years ago, from what I remember, not from what I remember, I wasn't there, but from what I've heard, is they've manufactured a culture that is sustainable because what they were doing before wasn't sustainable. So they talked about this culture about what they wanted to be, and it's all the buzzwords that you hear. So you know, teamwork, humility, work rate, stuff that you see around every single rugby club, hmm. I imagine in the land. The difference at Saracens is is that they can't get motivated by the crowd, right? And I'm not saying this in a in a horrible way. It's fact. The crowds are now growing at Saracens. At Gloucester, you could use the crowd; it will motivate you, and it did because the, the the atmosphere was amazing. So, as a sportsman, the atmosphere was was amazing. So, Saracens had to do something different. So, they talked about this thing from finding inspiration from within. So, when you see like the cheering and the whooping and hollering of Marrow and other guys on the pitch, they're not doing it because they're arrogant. They're doing it to. It's a culture that's ingrained in terms of motivating each other. So anyone can do that, right? Yeah, anyone can do it. But they don't. Mate, you you watch the games at the weekend. They don't. Sarri celebrate the small victories in terms of if a scrum penalty is won, everyone's in one to fifteen. Gloucester don't do that. I'm telling you now. I watched it just to see. Yes, okay, they've got the money, but they did. look at the players that they've got. They've not bought them in. Yeah, they bought Liam Williams in. They bought Will Skelton in. The backbone of that team is academy-based lads. Now, are they well paid? Yes, they are. Farrell's just signed a five-year deal. How much? I'm, mate, I imagine it's probably seven, eight hundred grand a year. I don't know. You tell me. 
You, you maybe know. Well, I had seven fifty to be Okay, so you're hearing seven fifty. But Larue, you just said Larue's mm. on six hundred grand. Oh yeah. If Farrell was to go to France, if Farrell was to go to anywhere but Saris, he'd probably get paid a significant amount of mo- more money. I don't think he would though. Yes, he would. I don't think you get more than seven fifty at other clubs. In that a, much, mate, that bigger's much more. gone. Bigger's gone to Northampton for seven hundred grand. That's ridiculous, though. Well, there you go. But Farrell's a better player than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is is they've manufactured a culture of homegrown talent now mm. that, yes, they're expensive, so you're talking about money and you're talking wage cap. If they were to go elsewhere, they, they, they'd warrant more money. So the stuff that Jamie was talking about there, they don't talk about winning championships and, and that. They talk about making memories. So they go out on the pitch and they do these trips, but it's quite smart from the coaches because, yeah, they go to Marbella, and New York and Chicago and go on the steam in Philadelphia. But there's an inner peer pressure. So I've been at clubs before. You go out on the piss on a, on a Saturday, go on the all-day Sunday, rock up to training. Oh, how, how tired. I'm out, oh, I can't be asked today. And like you want someone to moan with and you could find 20 lads that would be saying the same. I guarantee, I'll tell you now, at Saris, even in the room of gloom that I was in, mate, you, you, you go out and you go on these trips or whatever, you've got to turn up for work Monday. That's the culture that's embedded that, yes, we're going to have fun, but we're going to work harder than anyone. And I've never experienced that. Mate, there's other things like, you know, it's... I'm trying to think of, of stuff that we, we spoke about that, you know, players looked after better that, better here than anywhere else. But I don't know. I don't know about that. But in terms of the culture, in terms of that, of working for each other and being accountable, I've never been anywhere like it in my life. And that, that's the thing with that, I think, that you... You get that right to go on those trips by rocking up on a Monday and, and, and working hard. And to listeners out there that think, oh, that should be a given because you're a professional sportsman, you should go into training every day and work as hard as you can to become the best player possible. And I say to people, ask yourself that question as a fan. Do you do that in your own job? Exactly. Because that's what it is in reality. It's a passion. Yeah, of course, it is a privilege to play professional rugby, but it is a job. Um, so, yeah, I understand that. But it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? The cash that Saracens have got to do those things, to go on the trips, to stick that in the budget the payback comes from the players because of that and a lot of clubs won't do that because they won't spend the cash to take the boys on the trip because they don't see the the necessary value to win the game at the weekend yeah. and that's the big difference I think Mate, it is and without being on the spot I'd love to give or have time to give a life for life is, is Sarri's budget bigger than Exeter clearly clearly is I mean the big thing for me I, if I was a fly on the wall of any club in Europe I'd want to be a fly on the wall at Exeter you look at what they're doing yeah here we, here we go. I'm going to ask him. Andy Rowe, tell me three extra players. I've been, been serious. I've been <laughs> come serious. on, mate. These are the champions of England. Yeah, come on. Champions of England, tell me three players. You're hosting an English podcast. Tell me three three extra players. I couldn't care less. Okay. Oh, I, okay. I, I have watched them, but... Go on I, then. We'll get to, could bloody you name Eric, three players or not? Bloody arrogant Kiwi no, coming I, I, out I, again. I can't name any. I can't name three Serious Chris, could you name three players? There's a bunch of Aussies there, so I'd give it a good start. Go, go on, give me a go. Nick White, Dave Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Mauldron. Okay, yeah. there you go. So you named three. You've just gone three foreigners. So what I'm trying to say is they, they ain't, they're not household names. So they're a success story. They're a culture. I'd love to be a fly on the wall anyway. That's true, though, because Rob Baxter, their coach, you look at that squad, and on paper, without disrespecting, and they, this is what they probably enjoy, without disrespecting any extra player, you talk about Saracens players and you talk about some of the Wasp players and a couple of other players with different clubs. They could go and get in every first team in the Premiership. Like Farrell could would be a, the first choice ten at every Premiership club, you know the same players. Marrow, yeah, and there's different players at different clubs. So you go to Wasps and Christian Wade would probably get in every 
uh, Premiership team. Etc. Yeah, he was garbage. At he the was. Weekend. He was. But he's got X Factor. The, the the extra boys. You look at the squad and on paper you think, well, geez, they're not that great. They're not rock stars. There's not. But they work ridiculously hard for each other. And Rob Baxter. That's all about the coaches. Players go there who have been okay players at other clubs. And their level go through the roof. Yeah. Goes through the roof, and what they get out of each other is phenomenal. No, I agree. I, I, and I've, I watched them last weekend, and their defence was incredible, especially in that second half. When that that shows a team that's working for each other. If anything, you know, if you work hard on defence, then you know it shows a team that's got a good culture. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> is, that your, is that your rugby input? That's his input. He gets something that's in there. Did, you, did you guys watch any? Did of the, you watch the Kiwis play at the weekend? Eh? Did, you, did you watch any of the international games over the weekend? I did. Uh, so New Zealand 57-0 over South Africa. Yeah. Uh, biggest test loss um, for South Africa since um, England beat them 53-3 actually back in when? 2002. Um, Australia 45-20 over Argentina. Um, Argentina don't look that flash this year. We haven't got much time to go into that. We're going to go to Sirius Chris uh, for some social media questions. Okay. There, there are a few in um, continuing from last week. We talked about the Saints turnaround. What, what's the update there? Uh, Northampton Saints fans, you are welcome. You are welcome. I think Jim and I went to we town. We give them a rocket. Creating we have, a culture. We went to town on them after that first game against Saracens. Uh, we talked about it on the pod. I did a piece, uh, my column for Rugby Pass. And rightly so, what we said was so true after that first game <clears throat> and what's been happening at the club. But my God, have they bounced back. They obviously physically dominated Leicester week two, put Bath to bed at the weekend. And they're not... You know, they're tough games. They're both tough games um, in terms of the physicality and what it takes to win uh, against Leicester at Franklin's Gardens and then Bath. But players like Courtney Laws, out of this world. Luther Burrell, who's been abject at times, had a stormer at the weekend. George North rocked up. Their big names have rocked up. And, you know, from what I hear, Jim Mandler is a coach. A lot of people questioned him. He called a lot of big players out in front of all the whole squad saying they're soft, they're this, they're that, the other. And Jim knows that. If a coach calls you out and calls you soft, as a coach you can't do it every week because it loses its impact. But my God, you do it once and you get reactions. It, it, it certainly worked for them and they're, you know, they're looking pretty good now. I think it's because we've called them out. I don't think Malin's had anything to do with it. I think we've called them out and they're like, we've got to prove these guys wrong. <laughs> but how good was George North? Yeah, he was. That's the best I've seen him play for Northampton. He looked hungry. He looked big. Courtney smashing people for fun. Mate, he's been playing well anyway. But. And they're found another second row as well. Ribbon. Oh, ribbons. Ribberoo. Ribbons. Christmas ribbons. Yeah. South African boy. English qualified. Watch out, Mario Toji. <laughs> um, all right, next one. We've got one from Ben Bacon. Um, which former player has the most interesting career post-rugby? Oh, Jim will claim it's himself, Showbiz Jim. Well, not yet. I, I'm not quite out there. I'm like in the building stage. Is there anything that anyone non media's a reasonably common path? Is there any, anyone doing anything interesting? Well, James Forrester in Singapore, multi billionaire, set up a gym called UFIT. So, like an alternative to CrossFit. It's not an alternative, it does CrossFit, but basically like its own physio, nutrition, all encompassing expats in Singapore. It's a hub where they can go to for fitness and lifestyle. It sounds like I'm tipping him here. Like, obviously, what's it called when you talk him up? Well, I'm obviously talking him up. What, what is it when you're you you got shares? No, no one helping me out. Insider trading. Insider trading. <laughs> so it sounds like I'm insider trading. No, it's not that. <laughs> so he's gone to Singapore, set up this gym, billionaire over there. Good on him. Absolutely killing it. He's got um, two maids working at his house. 
Ridiculous scenes. Has he picked them up from four floors as well? Or I think so. There we go. Carl Dickybird's gone into refereeing. Oh, mate, what about him? Hey, what, what a nose. Mate, he's a nose. I used to play a game. What a nose. But he's piped up saying premiership referees are fitter than every rugby, every All right. premiership rugby player. All right, Richard, All right Dickie Bird. <laughs> Richard Wigglesworth called him out on uh, on Twitter saying, one of you rocked up to, a, one of the refs rocked up to a Sarri's fitness session, backed himself, fell by the wayside. Dickie Bird. That's mate. just an ex-player again. To and fair play to him. I hope he carves out a good career. If you look at Glenn Jackson, ex-Sarri's as well. Nick Nick Berry as well. I think he's refereeing internationally as well now. <laughs> I think it's a great listen. It's a great pathway if that's what if you're a real nose. And ultimately, referees are noses, aren't they? So if you're a nose, be a ref. Yeah. Um, we'll finish on an interesting one about um, just social media and, and sports players generally. Do you know what's happened with Israel Folau in the last week? Yeah. Go on. He's a good player. Tell us. Aside from that. I've seen it blown up, yeah. yeah. So Australia's going to vote on same-sex marriage. Yep. Izzy's come out and worded a tweet that begins by saying he respects all people and their opinions, but he chooses not to support it, and uh, a fairly serious backlash against him for that. Mate, it's a weird one, eh? It is a weird one. No, no, one. so it's not a weird one. It's a tough one. Mm. Weird is probably the, the word. I wondered if this has come up. I was chatting to this to my wife, actually, about this. Now... It is a difficult one. I've got to be careful what I say. So I was brought up in school, right? And it was you a, went to school. So I went to your, your mum. Your Miss, mum brought me up. Mrs. Good. Mrs. Good brought me Hold up. Hold on, Andy. Bro. <laughs> what? Jim. Jim's got the right to say. Yeah, that. not you. Don't you swear about my lovely teacher? That's just so, wrong, Andy. Right? Sorry, mate. So I don't, don't apologise to me. Good-looking lady, though. Don't yeah. you apologise to him? You apologise to me. All Mount. So Mount, I chat, Mount's not happy about that. Yeah. So oh, I, boy. I was chatting chatting to my wife about this. So I was brought up of the age. Of Adam and Eve, okay. A while ago, you that uh, old? a while ago. Hang on, keep going, Hang old on. fella. So I was chat- I brought up in the the age of Adam and Eve, right? I'm non-religious. Didn't pay much attention to that. Don't pay much attention to that. Now we're in the realms of Adam and Steve. <laughs> Adam and Steve. And again, I don't pay any opinion across any opinion on that. I don't. You don't, so pay, Adam, you don't pay for Adam and Steve, no? No. So hang on, <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about whether his tweet was okay or whether no, same-sex marriage is okay? No, so my opinion is I'm not bothered either way. So I'm not bothered about Adam and Eve. I'm not bothered about Adam and Steve. I'm not. The issue is is that Falau's made or sent out a tweet with his opinion. Mm. Why is that a problem? Yeah. But that's what I, that's what basically what I don't get. So my, my opinion is I ain't bothered either way. Adam and Eve... Adam and Steve ain't bothered. The, the way it is with with Israel Falau, he's obviously a devout Christian, right? And here you go. And this is the thing. For me, you look at historically and you look at what's going on in the world now, a lot of the issues are all about religion, okay, and, and different people's opinions on them. And I don't want to get too political on the whole thing, but we're in a world now of free speech and et cetera, et cetera, and Twitter and all that stuff that allows keyboard warriors to say what they want. Israel Falau's got an opinion on same-sex marriage. He doesn't agree with it. He's a devout Christian. He's voiced that opinion. You don't have to agree with it, or you can agree with it if you want. Mm. I, you know, in my take, if you, know, you want to marry another man, then that's fine. If you know, obviously, the legalities of it, and that's what Australia are going to to vote about. But you can't throw him out to the wolves but that's because what, he's given. Yeah, but that's if, the thing. I was going to say, if you put out your opinion, 
then you've got to expect other people are going to have opinions on your opinion course, yeah. and Twitter. So it's but, fair game. Yeah, yeah. And, it is. And, and, but it's fair game across the whole board, isn't it? Gareth, exactly. so Gareth Thomas was the, the tweet that I saw. Mm. Comes back, regurgitate what he says and with a finger. That's your opinion, mate. Exactly. And that's what so, Twitter is. Yeah, exactly. That's your opinion. But that doesn't make Gareth Thomas a better man than Israel Folau. No. So I don't have the same view as Israel Folau on that because I'm not really... I'm middle religious, unreligious, non-religious, bi-religious. Can I say that? I'd be careful. Do you know what I mean? The world's gone PC mad. That, PC, that, that's the word I'm looking for, mate. It's like you're just not allowed to have an opinion on these current topics unless it's perceived as the right opinion on these topics. I think the the problem is around equality, and that's where people get a little bit upset about it. But, but let's, hang, let's hang, on, hang on. So you're talking about equality, right? So I think there's bigger problems in it. You know, 5,000 children die every day. Did you know that? No. Did, did you know that? I didn't know that. But because, that's, no, no, no. But, but, but that's what? What I'm saying is that everyone everyone can have their own opinion. Yeah. And But, but, but when, it, when, it, when you're talking about equality, then yeah. that's equality. Everyone should have the same rights across the board for everything. They. So you you've nailed, you so no, no, no. So you've nailed it on the head. You can't say that, though. You're saying that everyone says, so I'm saying that for me there's bigger problems whether there's children in this world that don't drink that don't have clean water there's much bigger problems and people and people are like making this an issue to do with that's two- because he's got the he's got the forum and the followers and the springboard on Twitter to make it an issue and he's made it an issue he's voiced his he's opinion. Yeah, opinion there's absolutely no problem it. with that believe yeah. it believe, like, agree with him, it or not you can't hang him out to dry for his opinion no one's hanging him out to dry well, he's, 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 there are people attacking him left right and centre but he's put that's his because he's put it on Twitter you have to respect people's opinions in this world now you can, you're allowed an opinion Eddie, yeah. what about from a, just purely from a rugby perspective? I don't know if you guys have been in teams where there's been a, an incident like this, but does Checker want him and the rest of the team just to not put it out there? Here's one then. Here's one we got. I, so I w- I'm sure that Israel Folau would feel the same in terms of a bloke or a teammate having the same sex marriage as he probably would to a teammate cheating on his wife because it goes against religion to do that. It yeah. goes against there. So if he had the same opinion there, would he get thrown out of the team then? But sorry, d- does it, it deter from the the track? Sorry, from the team's performance? No. Hey, listen, you know, obviously David Pocock is a big advocate for same-sex marriage, isn't he? He yeah. said he won't marry his yeah, fiance, his who's female, yeah. until Australia allows equality, same-sex marriages. So I suppose luckily for Michael Checker at the minute, David Pocock's on a sabbatical, isn't he? So he's uh, he's not there, but. But that shouldn't cause an issue. No, it shouldn't. 15 rugby players gone afield with a common goal of trying to win the game. And you don't... I'll tell you now, I've, I've, I've taken the field with 15 rugby players week in, week out, or 14 other rugby players week in, week We don't all like each other away from that common goal of trying to win a game. I've played with guys that I didn't like and probably didn't like me. But there was a lot that didn't like you. Yeah, well, exactly. Jim's played with guys who didn't know who the fuck he was. Um, <laughs> but that, And that's the thing. So, you you know, everyone thinks yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a team... You die for your teammate. Yes, you will go to the nth degree on that field. You don't all get. You don't get on with everyone at work, do you, but, mate? People are allowed opinions, yeah. but nowadays, if you have an opinion, you're not allowed an opinion. Yeah, it's free speech, and you should have an opinion. Like I don't get it. Anyway, ruggers, are, <laughs> ruggers is ruggers, the rugby. Ruggers, it's a difficult one. It's you know one that we can um, we can chat about forever. The good, bad, the ugly. Yeah, there's. Um, well, we'll get to we'll get to some good news then, shall we? Because yeah, we'll have to we'll have to be quick. 
Okay, mate. We'll be quick. We'll be quick. Obviously, we've gone on a bit there. Um, anyone see Oliveretti Rackers try at the weekend? I was commentating on Claremont. Claremont against Breve. Wow. Uh, what a finish. World of a try. Absolutely dominated from 65 out. Beat about 15 Breve players, some of them three times. It was unbelievable. Hell of a step. That was pretty good. Sale, they bounced back. Spanking London Irish at the AJ Bell Stadium. Uh, one for you, Andy Rowe. Just let me know if I pronounce this correctly, okay? Asafa Almua. Oh, the third best tucker in the world. Yes. So Asafa Almua scores a try from 60 out for Wellington against Canterbury. He, yeah, he's in the, the no guy one cares New Zealand Cup. He's the guy that scored the hat trick in the under 20s World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's, he's round one in. I mean, he's quicker than anyone on the field. Yeah. He's I know it's, it's, it's not, I think it's tag rugby. It wasn't even touch. Yeah, it was tag, tag rugby, rugby yeah. but yeah. hell of a try. Google that if you can, people. Um, Bowden Barrett, I think I gave him the bad last week, didn't I? Because he was average. Mm. Um, he ripped it up for New Zealand. Absolutely spanking. Did he kick his good goals? Or not? Yeah, he did. Yeah, goals? I think he, he, he missed one. He? he kicked very well, actually. Yeah, so it was a complete performance. Um, and what about his round-the-back offload to... Um, they're calling him now, instead of Nehe Milner Scudder, No Wheels Milner Scudder. What about that? Oh, yeah. He, was he just got chewed down. up, didn't he? Um, no, what a name. Imagine being called Mother Scudder. Or Milner Scudder. Or Scudder. Oh, what? Mother Scudder. <laughs> what's his, what's his? Milner Scudder. Milner, Milner, Milner Scudder. So you've got, so hang on, so, right, no so imagine, Milner Scudder. Milner Scudder, you've got him sat here. So Milner you've got, Scudder. So you've got Chris, Andy, Andy, and Jim, and you've got Miller Scudder. I mean, Milner, it's just Milner Scudder. No, his first name's Nehe. Okay. Nehe, Milner Nehe. Scudder. Yeah. Watch Nahi. me whip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but this week, uh, we're going to give it to Harlequins. Oh, God. It hurts oh, me to Danny Kerr was here last week. Oh, it Danny, Danny. Quinns, oh. you go to the Rico Arena, no one's won there in 20 months. I think it's something like 21 games on yeah, the bounce. I think that's when I was there, there. yeah. Um, so Quinns beaten my beloved Wasps up at the Rico Arena. Uh, they get the good this week. The bad, all things South Africa. Anyone see anything to do with the Kings? Uh, entry into the Pro 14, it's been pretty dismal. Their first home game against Leinster, they got absolutely annihilated. And they had five people there. The stadium probably holds, <laughs> I reckon it holds 25,000, 30,000. They, squ- they announced a an attendance of 3,011. Oh, my word. If there was 311 people there, I'll, I'll eat my hat. It was empty. Not one dog. <laughs> there was one man and he's, the dog didn't even make it. Uh, <laughs> so that was pretty bad. But this week, the bad has got to go to the Springboks, pumped 57-0 by the All Blacks. Brendan Venter tweeted yesterday saying it wasn't a lack of effort. I'm really proud of the performance, but we just need to get better in every area, and that's what we'll be doing at training this week. It was an absolute mauling. South Africa, fairly embarrassing for me. What do you do with that? You're up against a team on there. Like, what can you do? Couldn't win a line out. Couldn't do mm. a thing. Couldn't hold on to the ball. Um, it, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. So the bad this week goes to the Springboks. And then finally, the ugly. There's been a bit of abuse on Twitter. And we're not talking about Israel Folau. We're talking about Cardiff Blues rugby. The one fan that's ruined his life going to a rugby game now. I know Cardiff Blues don't get many fans, but there's no place in the game. We talked about it last week. There's a player from Australia punching the referee. This week, the Cardiff Blues fan, we don't know his name. We're going to try and find out who he is. He threw a pint of beer over George Clancy, who was touch judge. No place for it in the game. He was fuming. Watch the video online. What a waste of a pint. You don't ever yeah. waste your pint. Don't waste, wait, don't, just don't waste it. I mean, more, more importantly, don't abuse referees or assistant referees. Mate, there's no need for that in the game. Yeah. So. There was one, I played a game down at Gloucester a couple of years ago for Wasps. Um, and I put a little grubber kick through. 
for Elliot Daly. Elliot Daly chases it through, slides, and obviously I put too much weight behind the kick, standard, and the kick went straight out uh, over the dead ball line. Elliot Daly slid in to try and score the try, and he's hit the advertising boards on the uh, in front of the, the state. You know where you come out? Not the shed. Not the shed, but the behind the post at yeah. the other end, down the hill. One of the Gloucester fans has seen him down there, picked his bite up and chucked it on him during the game. Did Dale drink it or not? Stuck it on Twitter, got my life ban. Get out of Gloucester, mate. Really? Yeah. Oh, mate, it's fair enough. You can't, you like, can't, you can't chuck be... pints on players unless it's me and I'll drink it. This is what we mean. We don't want to, you know, everything else that's going on with the game, the professionalism, the money that's coming into it, we can't lose the integrity of the sport. Well Goody. said, Jim. Well said, Jim. So the ugly this week goes to that Cardiff Blues fan. Let's wrap up the show by looking at text roulette. What happened? Jim, you know. lost. Goody got hold of your phone. Who did he text and what did he text? Uh, so you text Leonardo DiCaprio oh no that's, that was me <laughs> Guy Ritchie no no sorry that was me that was me Guy Ritchie oh George Cruz soft lad do I need to get my boots dusted off to play again and lead the troops as you're injured again no reply no reply no reply he like, you did say you don't like each other didn't you well mate it's true you don't mate like it's it, true you, what you're soft or you don't like each well, other well basically with George Cruz there was this standing joke that I've put 10 years on his career and he's taken 10 years off my life. <laughs> so basically there's a 20-year discrepancy or a 20-year battle that we need to get back. So there's no chance I'll be going back. But apparently his injury's not too bad. So hopefully he'll take that with a pinch of, uh, pinch of corona. For those of you coming to the Durrell Arms on Thursday in Fulham, looking forward to seeing you. Um, and uh, if you haven't got tickets already, uh, we've got uh, for O'Neill's in Soho on the 25th of October. Head along to eventbrite.co.uk. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and we'll be back again next week. Is that Soho in London? Yeah. That's so my scene now. It's ridiculous. Pod, pod, pod. <laughs> Ruby pod. Pod. <laughs>